Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I'm Persuaded podcast. Thank you so much just for tuning in each Friday. To those of you that are faithful, to those of you that listen each week, and to maybe you're new listening to this today, just thank you so much for dropping in. Thank you so much for listening to it. It encourages me when I, when you uh, tell me you listen to it, tell, tell me it encourages you. Uh, it just really blesses me and encourages me. And so thank you for being supportive of the podcast. I do apologize for not having one the past couple of weeks. It was really busy and I had some things going on with the dentist uh, with a, a gum procedure. And so I just didn't get one out and I apologize for that. But we're back on track now. We have some guests going to be on here in the next couple of weeks and we're looking forward to that. Today's going to be another just solo episode and kind of getting back to answering some questions that I have received from you guys and um, the question today it carries a bit of a, a weight with it carries a bit of a stigma about it especially around these parts where we're from and um, so I hope I can handle it today with grace I can handle it today scripturally and I hope you'll leave today just better understanding this topic uh, this scriptural topic and I hope you can better defend your faith and better defend this topic in scripture if it was to ever come up. The title of today's episode is very simple. It's just questions regarding speaking in tongues. So it's questions regarding speaking in tongues. And there's a lot that goes into this um, idea of speaking in tongues, a lot that goes into the teaching and doctrine of speaking in tongues. Maybe some of your Christian brothers and sisters uh, believe in speaking in tongues. Maybe you're listening to this right now and you practice speaking in tongues. I'm not doing this podcast today to put anybody down. I'm not doing this podcast today to try to persuade anybody. I'm doing this just answering the questions from my understanding of Scripture that I have received. And uh, I just want to answer them the best of my ability with the help of the Holy Spirit and guiding it by Scripture and what God has to say about this topic. And so there will be many that agree, many that disagree. And so we're just going to come and look at this with fresh eyes and see what God has to say about this issue. And so many times I've had people ask me various questions uh, regarding Scripture about the apostles at Pentecost speaking in tongues, also other scriptures that allude to the fact of people speaking in tongues. There's also a lot of false teaching, I believe, that surrounds this topic of speaking in tongues or the gift of speaking in tongues. But like everything in our Bibles, if it's in God's Word, uh, then there has to be a meaning behind it and there has to be a purpose behind it. And so we as Bible students, we as Christians who are called to study God's Word and understand God's Word, we need to understand how to answer questions that are about God's Word. And so uh, the question of speaking in tongues, as it comes up, can we defend what Scripture has to say about this topic? And so there's many false teaching behind this topic. And so what we're going to do is just look and see what does Scripture actually have to say about speaking in tongues and what exactly is this idea in Scripture. And so there are some fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who are believers that believe very differently than what I'm going to lay out today on this podcast. And that's okay. Hey, we, we sometimes we disagree on different aspects of Bible interpretation, but one thing we need to understand is that the gospel is clear, the gospel is cut, the gospel is dry. And so if we believe Jesus, the death, burial, and the resurrection by faith alone in Christ alone, then we're brothers and sisters. We're friends. There's no bickering about anything when it comes to Scripture. If we believe Jesus, I'm on your side, 
and I believe you're on my side. And so we all have one goal, and that is we are to preach Jesus. We are to proclaim the gospel. And so we are to keep that mission in the forefront of our minds. And so if my whole Christian life was surrounded with me trying to prove that speaking in tongues was not a gift for today, then I'm wasting my my, my Christian life. I'm wasting my ability because I'm called to preach the gospel. And so I'm wasting what God has given me. I'm wasting the mission God has given me because he's called me to preach the gospel. And so so is true if someone else is trying to use their whole entire Christian life to prove that speaking in tongues is necessary for Christianity today. They've missed the point. They're, they're missing what God has called them to do. And what God has called you to do, friend, is preach the gospel and preach it fervently, preach it passionately, and preach it everywhere. Because listen, we're living in such uncertain days. There's not bickering. Um, there should not be bickering amongst brothers and sisters in Christ. We should unify together under the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ and preach the gospel. But with that being said, there is a time for Christians to understand God's word and to understand what scripture has to say about different topics. And that's what we're going to look at today. And we're going to look at this idea of speaking in tongues. So today you might be listening to this and you do not agree with my answers on this topic. And that's okay. We're still friends. And so what I'm going to do on my part is I'm going to back up my beliefs with scripture. I'm going to back up my Holy Ghost given convictions with scripture and with God's word. And that's how I plan to handle this podcast today. So I'm going to break it up into three different questions. These are the three general main questions that I've been asked about speaking in tongues the most. And so I just want to kind of lay those three questions out, look at scripture, see what God has to say, and hopefully you can form your own answer in your own heart and mind about what you believe God has to say about this issue. So the question, the first question, does speaking in tongues save me or does speaking in tongues validate my salvation? And so there are some Christians that believe if you do not speak in tongues, then you aren't truly a believer. They are far on the charismatic side of things. And so not everybody that believes in the doctrine of speaking in tongues or the gift of speaking in tongues, rather, would go that far. But there are some that say, if you do not speak in tongues, you're not a true believer. And so I've been asked this multiple times. Uh, because I haven't spoken in tongues, does that mean I'm not saved? Or it, it, should I be speaking in tongues as a believer? And so I'm, my, my simple answer today is no. Uh, speaking in tongues does not save you. Speaking in tongues does not validate your salvation. Speaking in tongues does not elevate you to a higher platform inside of our salvation. And so however you want me to say it, speaking in tongues does not save you. The answer is no, not at all. Speaking in tongues does not verify or validate one's salvation. And so nor does it save someone. So let me explain. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. John 14 verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So let me be very clear right now. If someone has told you that salvation, uh, that your salvation is secured or validated by your ability to speak in an unknown language, then that's not true salvation and that's not true uh, validation of your salvation. Salvation that it, that is not solely understood and solely believed in by Jesus is not true biblical salvation. Listen, if you don't get anything else, get this. Salvation is Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's from Jesus. It is Jesus. It's Christ alone. Salvation is Jesus, his blood, his death, his burial, his resurrections. Our salvation is Jesus and Jesus alone. It's our faith in Jesus that saves us. So very simply today, if you are trusting in anything other than Jesus 
for your salvation. If you're trusting in Jesus plus something else, then that's not true biblical salvation. So whether it's you believe in tongues or baptism or good works, then that's not salvation. Salvation is of Jesus Christ. It's our faith in Jesus and Jesus alone that saves us. So some might ask, is there any kind of validation or example or um, lifestyle that shows that I am a believer in Christ? And the answer is yes. There are some things that Scripture talks about that alludes to the fact that this is how a believer should look. This is how a believer should act. This is what a believer should do in their day-to-day life. We're not going to look at all the Scripture for that, but a couple verses. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And so Jesus, God, set apart before the world ever began, set apart, Jesus was while he was here on earth. And so we are to literally try our best to pattern our life after the life of Jesus. And that's what the Holy Spirit's doing on the inside of us right now. He's conforming us, transforming us in sanctification to be made like Jesus. And so we as believers, our life to the best of our ability with the help, grace, and mercy of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, our life should look like and pattern after the life of Jesus. First John chapter 2 and verse 9 says, He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. And so there are different verses that allude to the fact that how a believer should act, what should a believer's characteristics be. You should be full of love for the brothers and sisters, full of love for the lost, full of charity. You should um, exemplify the life of Christ in your life to the best of your ability. But not once do you find in Scripture that speaking in tongues validates or clarifies one's salvation, nor does it save anyone. And so we all should have characteristics of Christ, but speaking in tongues is not one of those characteristics that we should have as believers in Jesus Christ. Question number two, is speaking in tongues a gift for Christians today? So is speaking in tongues a gift for Christians today? I believe the majority of people listening to this podcast would agree with my answer on the first question. There might be some that disagree with my answer on the second question. And so a large number of Christians would at least believe yes uh, to this question. And they would say, sure, speaking in tongues is a gift for Christians today. And some would just say yes because they've never studied scripture. Some would say yes because that's what they're taught, or maybe they believe in the gift of speaking in tongues. And so I would say I don't personally believe it's a gift for today based on my understanding of scripture and how the word tongues is used in the New Testament. So let us look at at a few different verses in scripture regarding speaking in tongues. Acts chapter 2 verse 4, here is where Pentecost, the church is birthed. This is where we first see people begin speaking in tongues. The verse says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So let us take our minds to this passage and remember what's going on in Acts. And so Jesus has just been resurrected. He's appeared himself to the disciples, to the multitudes. He has validated that he has risen from the grave. He has now ascended back to the Father to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And so he had promised in the book of John and other places that he would send a comforter. He would send a helper to come after he ascended. And so that the disciples are all awaiting this comforter. They're awaiting the third person of the Godhead to, to come to earth. And so here in Acts is where the Holy Spirit begins to indwell or feel believers. And so that's what it says. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
And so what is the purpose for tongues at Pentecost is what we must first understand. And the, the simple answer is to share the gospel. That was the purpose of speaking in tongues at Pentecost was to share the gospel. And so at Pentecost, you have thousands upon thousands of believers all gathering at one place, all from different avenues, all from different countries, all from different civilizations from around the world. And they all come and they're all speaking in different languages. So imagine you're going to give the gospel at an event, a large event. And there are thousands upon thousands of people there. And so one-fourth of the congregation speaks Spanish. Another fourth speaks Chinese. Another fourth speaks Japanese. Another speaks Greek or some other language. So you have a diverse crowd, a diverse congregation that all speak different languages. So they're not all going to understand you speaking in English because they only speak the language that they know. And so that's the idea, that's the setting, the context of Pentecost. You have believers from all different civilizations coming together to hear the gospel. They would come every year to this event, come to hear uh, well, what's to be said, and they all speak different languages. And so the Greek word for tongues in Acts chapter 2 is literally interpreted language. So literally, don't miss this, the Greek word for tongues here in this passage is glossa, and so which is interpreted language. So what was happening is very simple. At the very first evangelistic crusade, if you will, people could not understand each other. So Peter and the others, God allowed them to speak in their language, but be heard by the congregation or heard by the crowd in their own language. So Peter or whoever could have been speaking in Greek and somebody out in the audience only understands Spanish. And so as Peter is speaking in his language, they are understanding it in their language. And so it wasn't an ecstatic utterance. It was a clarification of what was being said so that everyone there could hear the gospel and understand the gospel and believe the gospel. And so that takes me back to what I said in the beginning. Our main mission is to preach the gospel. Our main mission is Jesus, his blood, his righteousness, the good news, the gospel. We are to share that mission with everyone that we come in contact with. And so imagine if the gospel is about to go forth here at Pentecost, all these believers are going to hear the gospel in their own native tongue. Then they're going to have the ability to go back to their hometown, to their civilization, to their country. And now they are evangelists. They can speak the gospel in their own language. And so this gift would have been very much needed for Pentecost and the New Testament believers as the gospel was just going forth, as the gospel was just being spread. This gift would be vitally important because people could not understand the gospel without this gift because there were not translators or anything like that. So this gift was vitally important during this time. But again, it wasn't just some unknown language. It was a language that was somebody was speaking in their language and they were understanding it in their language. And so very much needed then, but not so much of a purpose today in our world. Because the original purpose was for people to hear the gospel and spread it. And today we can do that without that gift. We can do that without speaking in another language. And so one more verse that I believe proves tongues is not a gift for today is 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. 
Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And so Paul, writing to believers about the necessity for charity and love in their life, tells us that the gift of prophecy will go away. And it has. I mean, we're not adding to God's word. God is not revealing uh, new prophetic truths to us. That was done away with after John on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation. And so then Paul writes that tongues shall cease or shall vanish. And so if just a few years, just a few chapters in our Bible after speaking in tongues comes on the scene, Paul is already saying, okay, listen, guys, this gift, it's going to cease. It's going to go away. And so if he's already telling the, the, the Corinthians this, that's true for us. And so if it was already beginning to taper away in Paul's day, it doesn't give us an exact date to when it will not be needed, but we can pretty much understand if Paul was writing about it then, it's happened already. And so it says it will cease. And so because the gift is not needed today, because we can have translators, we have people that can translate God's word into every different language. We have people that can speak all these languages and go with us to share the gospel. And so that is proving 1 Corinthians 13, I believe, uh, through scripture that tongues will not be needed for the church today to flourish like it did 2,000 years ago in the book of Acts. The last question, and we're going to wrap this up, does someone speaking in tongues mean they are closer to Jesus than I am? And so this is something that I've heard. I've actually been told this. And again, my answer is no right off the bat. But I've been told this before by another Christian. Travis, because you don't speak in tongues, you will never be as close to Jesus and as connected to the Spirit as I am. Or as you should be, they'll say. And so I'll be the first to say, I want to be as close to Jesus and in tune with the Spirit as I can be. And so are they right? Am I disconnected from Jesus? Am I not filled or or, or being controlled by the Spirit? I do not believe so. As we have already seen in Scripture, uh, it's, it's, it's not a gift for today. And a verse they often take you to and try to prove their point is Ephesians 5, chapter 18. Ephesians 5, 18 says this, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. And so many will say that because Paul urges us to be filled with the Spirit, that the only way you can be truly filled to the brim with the Spirit, if you will, is if you speak in tongues. And so some will say you're not truly going to be able to access the Spirit unless you speak in tongues. Some claim that you aren't connected with the Spirit until you speak in tongues. And that's not what Paul is writing about in Ephesians chapter 5. We know from Scripture, and we've covered this on the podcast, that once we place our faith in Jesus, we are baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. And we covered that in the Holy Spirit series here on this podcast. I would encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't already. And so immediately when we place our faith in Jesus, we are filled with the Spirit, and the Spirit then comes to indwell on the inside of us. And so the Spirit indwelling does not take place when we speak in an unknown tongue. The Spirit takes pl- the Spirit fills us and indwells us the very moment that we place our faith in Jesus. And so all believers of all ages, of all denominations, of all walks of life, of all scenarios of life, they're filled with the Spirit when they place their faith inside Jesus. That is a New Testament promise. And so not speaking in tongues does not mean someone who claims they do is more in tune with the Spirit than those of us who don't. So what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit here in Ephesians chapter 5? Just to clarify as we close, the Greek word there simply means to be controlled. 
And again, that has nothing to do with utterances, nothing to do with a language, but everything to do with how you live your Christian life. So do you allow the Spirit to guide you and direct you, or do you avoid the Spirit in your life? Do you allow the Spirit to enlighten Scripture as you read it? Do you allow the Spirit to control how you speak? Do you allow the Spirit to control what you say? Do you allow the Spirit to control your actions, your life, who you date, who you marry, um, um, who, where you work? Do you allow the Spirit to have complete control over your life? That's what Ephesians chapter 5 is talking about. That's what Paul is urging us to do, is to allow the Spirit to have complete control over our life. And I pray you do. I truly hope the Spirit has complete control and reign in your life to direct you as he wants you to. I hope this helped clarify uh, this kind of touchy subject, but I hope answering these questions and I hope backing up, backing it up with scripture has helped you better understand this topic inside of our Bibles. As always, have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.